Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, I'm Promise, and you're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for coming into our midst and just never forsaking us and just giving us faith and making where we all start with the measure of faith and there's no such thing as not having faith. Lord, I also just thank you for just being our God and just pointing out all the false things inside of the world so that we're not like them. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Well, good morning and welcome, everybody, as we continue our study in the book of Romans. And we are in chapter 16, and this morning we are going to be bold and cover verses 17 through the end of the chapter. So can I get a volunteer to read that section of scripture, please? I will. All right, sir. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has become known to all, therefore I am glad on your behalf. But I want you to be wise in what is good, and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Timothy, my fellow worker, and Luke, Lucas, Jason, and Sopater. My countrymen, greet you. I, Tertus, who wrote this epistle, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, my host and the host of the whole church, greet you. Aratus, the treasurer of the city, greet you. And Cortus, a brother. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. To God alone be wise. Be, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Amen. All right, so as is our custom, the floor is open to share with the Holy Spirit speaking and ministering to you and, of course, to ask any questions that you have. All right? Yes. So who'd like to begin? I would. Instantly, verse 17 jumped out at me, and it just reminded me of a couple of scriptures, the first of which is inside of 1 John. Okay. I haven't exactly located where it is exactly, so I may need a couple of minutes to do that. What's it talking about? Uh, testing spirits. I have a good general outline of where it is. I believe that's chapter 4. 1 John 4. Ah, yes it is. We'll just go to verse 6. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets had gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, 
which ye have heard is coming and is now already in the world. You are of Christ's little children and have overcome them, because he who is with you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Okay. How that relates to the scripture is that Paul is, um, once again, even in the end of his message, he's telling them to be aware of their surroundings and what other people are teaching and not to be fooled by key words. Um, it just reminds me of how there's many times where people are fooled because you said God and they say, oh man, you must be Christian and go off down this path where it's in truth. What they're talking about has nothing to do with the Lord and how it's misleading. And then this, uh, when it was verse 19, um, not 19, 18, just remind me how it where it says, For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. Um, originally, I was, con uh, I was considering what it meant by they were serving their bellies, like, really greedy for food and stuff but what the lord was showing me that when paul is referring to the bellies he's not referring to the actual bellies but it's their desire for more and greed that is driving them to do such things because they are unsatisfied with what they have or what they and they think they can get more so, so it's their appetite their appetite for stuff yes or for lust for power control Yes. Okay. Continue. I think Mr. Dean has something to share real quick. Well, maybe this will help in, in light of what you're saying. Just another way of looking at it. How about that? So I, I want to just get you to take an intermission and do, do this. So, you know, I like the passion translation. Mm -hmm. And just remind the listeners you know, that um, no translation is fully complete if it's not um, the Holy Spirit speaking to you, confirming that in it. Um, I like an interlinear as well, so you can look the words up yourself and make sure that you think that section, uh, whatever it is that you're reading, is properly translated. And trust the Holy Spirit to guide you in that, because lots of translations are deficient. <clears throat> and so uh, we need guidance in that, and that the Holy Spirit gives us that. He illuminates that Amen word. Amen to that. But um, having in different translations uh, can be a blessing. Again, keep them in mind and check them out. Be cautious how you... Look at them and be cautious when you try to establish doctrine or things of that nature. But here's, a, here's just a, the first few parts of that. And now, dear brothers and sisters, I'd like to give you one final word of caution. Watch out for those who cause divisions and offenses among you. When they antagonize you by speaking of things that are contrary to the teachings you've received, don't be caught in their snare. For people like this are not truly serving the Lord our Messiah, but are being driven by their own desires for a following. Utilizing their smooth words and well-rehearsed blessings, they seek to deceive the hearts of innocent ones. Mm, so what we can basically gather from that is, um, verse 19, is that it's a cult. Essentially what it boils down to. Well, it says that they're driven by their own desires to have people follow them. Mm -hmm. So you can call it a cult. You can name it whatever you want to name it. It's, it's, it's sin. It's ego. It's the same thing why Satan rebelled and left heaven. It's the desire to rule over oneself and, and justify that by having people follow you around and tell you how wonderful you are and that what you say is right. 
when we're supposed to be following the one around and telling him how wonderful he is and how great he is. Right. And, and so there's also scripture that says, and having itching ears, they heaped up for themselves teachers, right? So you see both sides of the coin, as it were, right? One, the teacher, in this case, right, that's out of sound doctrine, is looking for power and control. But then there are the people that are saying, oh, well, this one is teaching what I want to hear. And then putting this person that's not teaching sound doctrine in that place. Does that make sense? Giving them that position of power, of authority. Is, is everybody tracking with that? Yes. 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 In other words, you're saying that they're um, allowing that person instead of the Holy Spirit to speak to them because they like what they have to say. Exactly. So we must be careful of that, right? But then there are other, I'll say, aspects that we shouldn't consider in in uh, this verse, right? Romans 16, just as you start, sir, in verse 17. It says, Note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. Yes. Look at a few things. Uh, actually, let's go to Acts first. Acts chapter 2. This is the day of Pentecost. This is with 120 people that were gathered together to receive the promise and the gift that Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, said to receive. Right? When the, and this is uh, Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. That's unity, right? Yes. What did, what did Christ tell us? In, well, John chapters 14, 15, and, and even 17, right? But 14 and 15 especially. They know you by your... Love for one another. Okay. And other places in scripture, what does Jesus say? A tree is known by what? Its fruit. By its fruit. So it makes it very plain to see the difference between good fruit and the fruit that's causing divisions and offenses. And is contrary to the doctrine. Well, we... Paul is preaching, which is the doctrine that Christ preached, right? Yes? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> it matters. But Paul says this in multiple places. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you that you be perfectly joined, joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Why would he have to write it so many times if it was just a easy, simple, natural thing? That's just a couple, right? Look at Ephesians 4. The, literally, the whole of chapter of Ephesians 4 is about walking in unity, Right? Yes. 
because he says in verse 4, there's one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Right? And then he goes into to gifts and, and offices. Right? But then in verse, verse 12, he says what they're for. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And this is why, right, verse 14 is key. That we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. And by then in verse 15 he continues, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Isn't that exactly what he's getting at here? Yes. In other places of scripture, he, um, well, Matthew 7, 15, right? Beware of false prophets. They come to you in wol- as wolf. Sorry. They come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they are ravenous, ravenous wolves. Right? Galatians 1, 8. But even if we or an angel from heaven should come, should preach a gospel contrary to the one we preached you, let him be under a curse. Right? Yes. Second Thessalonians 3.14 Take note of everyone who does not obey the instructions we have given in this letter. Do not associate with them, that they may be ashamed. First Timothy 6.3 If anyone teaches another doctrine and disagrees with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and with the godly teaching, Why is it important? Oh, sorry, it continues. He is conceited and understands nothing. Instead, he has an unhealthy interest in controversies and semantics, out of which come envy, strife, abusive talk, and suspicions, and, and it continues. As we pointed out, it says, they will know you by your love. Right? Yes. Your love. John, in, in the first, second, third John, but especially first John, talks about that all the, all the time, right? Yes. Little children, love one another. How can you say you love God but hate your brother? Right? You can't. But, but what we were just talking about doesn't that also wrap up verse 18 of Romans 16? Or Romans 16, verse 18? Yes. Okay. These things, whether it's an angel or a, or a person, right, come with smooth words and flattering speech and deceive. Wait. Deception is a lie. It is calling good evil and evil good. And then it continues in verse 19. I want you to be wise, right? Yes. I want you to be wise, right? We're also encouraged 
we should not be unaware of the schemes of the evil one, of the devil. Right? Yes. And then verse 20, I love this. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Has he been talking about all these things, the entire epistle, the entire letter? About peace and about grace and, and giving grace, even in judging, right? There's grace and there's, there's a bearing with, I'm not saying he's bearing with Satan, right? But he can bear with others. And if people choose to be in opposition, what's he doing? He's saying what the Lord says to say and he does what the Lord says to do. Because ultimately we want his results, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. What else? Were you done with Charles? Yes, you can go promise. Okay, Let's hear it, sir. Thank you. So, verse... Sorry. First, the Lord is talking to me about verse, verses 19 and 20. Okay. Where it says, But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And how Paul's not saying that if you if you already sinned, then you're a goner. He's not saying that at all. He's saying that... Wait, first, I don't know exactly... Wait, first I have a question. Shoot. Excuse what me. is it? Dad, do you know where the scripture is inside of Isaiah where he said he was going to wash the people's, he was going to wash the people as white as snow? I believe that's Isaiah 1, verse 18. Don't quote me, though. I'm going to take a quick look. Yes, correct, sir. Isaiah 1, 18. Thank you. Good job. Thank you. Also in Psalm 51.7. You going to read it? Uh, what was the verse again? Isaiah 1, verse okay. 18. Okay. Thank you. And it says, Come now, come now. let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. And how the same applies here. When you wash as white as snow, the Lord doesn't remember those sins. So those sins can't be held accountable for you. Like, let's say... I steal candy bar, and I repent from it. Thor's not gonna say, when we, at the judgment seat, when I come before him, he's not gonna say, "Promise you didn't, you stole that candy bar, so yet, so you have to go to hell." Okay, you want to tie that together to what you were saying in verses sixteen, or chapter sixteen, Romans, nineteen and twenty. Yes, I was, I was talking about when Paul said you should be as wise as, you should be wise in the good things, but. Okay, yes. You should be wise in what is good and simple in what is evil. Yes, and. Which means what? That you, sh 
that whenever a temptation comes, you shouldn't be going, oh, I can't, you shouldn't, it shouldn't be a struggle for you. Okay, but oh. deeper than that, what were we going to say, sir? Uh, I was also going to say what Paul is saying here. He's saying, know, know what's good to do and be doing that, but when it comes to sin, don't know how to go about doing it. Don't know mm-hmm. about how, okay, if I just slip underneath this hedge right here, I can pop out on the other side. He's saying, be simple. Don't even know what they're talking about when they say this. Oh, you should be doing this. Mommy says, when people, they don't even talk to her around it, and she, if they do, she says, what? Because she has no idea of what it is. Not that she's ignorant in the devices of the evil one, but she doesn't make it a habit of going, studying all this evil. And practicing it, right? Yes. What is... Peter says it this way. The Lord has given us wisdom pertaining to all matters, or wisdom in all matters pertaining to life and godliness. Right? Yes. Every good and perfect thing comes from above. But then he says, be simple, or here, says, be simple concerning evil. Right? We shouldn't be living out or practicing evil things. Right? Yes. That would not be of our Heavenly Father. People that operate and practice such things, right? He says, you're of your father, the devil. Yes? Yes. Yes. It matters. We should be judging ourselves rightly. And uprooting those things that don't reflect our Heavenly Father's nature, character, and attributes. Yes? Yes. yes. Okay. Also, as a as a, to what you were saying there, promise the scripture not also tell us to what submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And he will flee. Oh yes. Does that not kind of sound like the beginning of verse twenty a little bit? Yes. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly, which denotes what? There yeah, has to be resisting him. God. The Lord isn't going to crush your friends, right? The ones that you participate in the same actions and behaviors as them, right? Yes. You have to submit to him, the Lord first, and then you will have to resist. Does that make sense? Yes. He's not going to free you or deliver you from the things that you hold near and dear. Let me just interject. I know you got some more to say there, but I just want to remind everybody listening and um, that similar to don't be deceived. The enemy is uh, right wandering about like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. Mm-hmm. Um, it says he's like a roaring lion. It doesn't mean you will see him as a roaring lion. No. The challenge is, is that so many of these things seem good. It's so important to know the word. That's why a Bible study like this is important. That's why, and we talked about our last podcast, being connected to a, a body of believers. Mm-hmm. But even an intimate fellowship where it's a, a small group, I think six to 12 tops, like maybe six couples, whatever it is, where you can be open and honest as you're studying the word and you can ask your questions, real questions, and get them answered so you can fully understand God's word. So when these little things slip in, you see them for what they are, right? They don't. You know, if um, it's 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 a, a old saying, you know, don't get cooked in the squat. 
<laughs> and the thought process behind that was they, in theory, you could put a frog in a frying pan because he's cold-blooded if you just raised it one degree and wait a little bit and raised it one degree. Eventually, he would boil his insides because he never moved because he never realized it got that hot. So it's just we, we, we look at these sometimes and think, well, yeah, of course I know if Satan's coming after me. Of course I know if the enemy's feeding me lies. But it, they're, they're always very subtle. They don't start out with the big ones. I mean, if somebody came to us and said, God is not real, we, we're, we're going to attack that. Right? But that's not how they come. So anyway, I didn't want to pull too far off what you were saying there, promise, but I thought that was important for the listeners to understand that. We're not saying that it's always really easy to tell no. when those lies are coming. You must have a discerning ear that's developed through Bible study and study of the Word. And, and even more important than that, the discerning ear is to listen to the Holy Spirit, right? What does it say in Revelation? That if he had not come when he came, right, because you know, I love this point that you brought up about being deceived, right? It says that the enemy presents himself as an angel of light, presents himself as if there's truth to it. But the whole thing is a lie. And it even says that, I mean, you study out Revelation, it says that if he not, had not come when he came, that even the elect would have been deceived. So clearly, it sounds, again, on the surface, that there's substance to it. But there's no substance in any lie, nor can there be. Which is why, yes, it's great to be connected to other believers. Absolutely. First and foremost, we have to be connected to the Lord through His Holy Spirit and accurately, clearly hear what He's saying to us because the Holy Spirit's role is to guide us in all truth. He reveals those, those things because He searches the hearts and the minds. How many times does it say about Jesus? That he knew what they were thinking. That he knew their intentions. Well, how was that revealed? Through the Holy Spirit, of course. That's how he received his insight and the prophetic utterances and knew how to address the core of every issue and everything that came up. And it's no different for us. Because guess what? All right, a little, a little leaven leavens the whole loaf. So, I'll just say it this way, right? If you can be in the church, but if someone's deceived, how long before that spreads throughout everyone? Which is part of the reason I believe that in this section of Scripture, Paul's also saying, hey, if someone, note those who are causing these things, and then avoid them. He's not saying the world. He's saying other professing believers and Christians that you see their fruit and it is contrary. So it's not just about getting together with other believers. It's about other believers that have the are in one goal, one mind, one mouth, right? Speaking, They're in one accord, entire agreement. And that agreement isn't with each other. That agreement's first and foremost with Christ and his leading and the desire, the driving force is to be obedient to him. Total faith and dependence on him. And exactly how Jesus, as our pattern example, walked and lived out his life? Absolutely it is. 
It shouldn't be any different for us. He's our pattern and example. Do you have something else you want to add, sir? Oh, yes, it was verse 20. Okay. And it was just kind of brief. It was when you do, when you do all the things and you resist the devil, then the Lord's going to crush him for you. Mm-hmm. And how that kind of reminds me of earlier I was inside Second Kings. Okay. With Betty was with Jeho when Je- Jehoshaphat with when he was praying to the Lord and the Amorites and Ammonites and Mo- Moabites um killed the inhabitants of Mount Sarah, then turned on each other and killed each other. And how it's the same here. Thor's not gonna say, uh, sorry, John, I can't do that for you. You have to go leave. He's gonna be there and crush him. You're not gonna even have to lift a finger. Well, not listen. You. Okay, and I love that that portion of scripture. It's also in Second Chronicles 20. Right. And yes, when did the yes. Lord move and act? After they prayed to the Lord and were obedient. Okay, so. Yes, they they sought the Lord. The Lord answered. They submitted to the Lord and came in perfect alignment and and followed his instructions, right? To send the praisers and worshipers out in front. And when they were willing to do that, when they fully submitted to the Lord, the Lord took care of it, yes? Yes. Fully took care of the situation. They didn't have to do anything except... You know, I love this because we were just talking about this yesterday. There, <laughs> Dean. Right, but um, when they f- when they were willing to follow exactly what the what the Lord was leading them to do, then what happened? They, they didn't have to lift a finger until after the battle was already done, and it was they lifted a finger for three straight days, to grab picking the up the spoils, and then on the and then immediately after, right? So it began. There's the bookends. Began with praising the Lord, and on the fourth day, they praised the Lord to thank Him. Right, and and what did they praise the Lord for before the battle? Yep. Deliverance. They praised the Lord for the beauty or splendor of His holiness. Yes. Yes. Okay, and then they praised the Lord again. After they had picked up all the spoils, giving thanks to him for what he had done. Yes? Yes. Shouldn't it be the same way with us? Yes. He's worthy to be praised. And not just for what he can do for us and in our lives, but we should also acknowledge the things that he does in our lives, the ways he blesses and benefits us. If he did nothing else for us, he's worthy of our praise. Amen. He's already given us or redeemed us. So even if he did nothing else, exactly, he's already done everything and given us our life and our being. For that alone, 
He deserves all the glory and honor and praise. Amen. 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 All right. Amen. Well, let's continue this um, on the next one. But we're going to pause there. So can I guess I'm going to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right. I promise. Lord, I just thank you for today. Just thank you for um, giving us an opportunity where we can praise you continually and just giving us what to praise you about and just crushing crushing the enemy for us. Mm-hmm. Lord, I also just thank you for showing us the areas that we need work in and just showing us when the hand of the enemies at work. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.